Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Okay, you guys, I am so excited to do this episode on going to a counselor because I've had this question a ton of times over the years, you know, what's therapy really like? What should I expect? Do I do? And I, I love therapy. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it is going to be a lot of fun. Are the couches all the same size? Nope. Mine's longer. <laughs> Oh, God. That right. Hers has plastic over the top. We're not going to go into that. Yeah, you can Windex that shit off. Remember when furniture, do you guys, were you, are you guys so young that you don't remember like yes. the furniture that had the plastics? You didn't, yes. that was like the fancy furniture that yes. you never sat on. It just had plastic on we it. We are too young for that, Grandma. <laughs> Seriously. I'm serious. It was I've a seen thing. It in movies, but that's it. Oh, my God. It was a thing. Okay. Fran's fun factoid. A new study published in the Journal of Applied Psychology found that. Okay, first of all, do you guys ever eat junk food at night? No. Very, you don't? Actually, really? very rarely. Shut up. You why, do too. Why would I? You do too. I'm very serious. I don't snack a lot at night, but before supper, I can throw a lot of junk food down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the study said that people who eat unhealthy snacks, particularly late at night, struggle to be a team player at work the following day. They had, they were more likely to have headaches, stomach aches, diarrhea. They felt guilty. (laughs) They felt ashamed. They were less likely to go the extra mile and they were more likely to withdraw. That is insane. Isn't it crazy? Wow. I know it. Well, that explains a lot when I work with you. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, Fran was hitting the Doritos again. I was. Oh, my God. No, it would be ruffles with French onion dip. That's my oh, weakness. Have you tried top of the tater dip? Oh, are we talking no. about top of the tater? I refuse. No. I don't ever make that noise again. I had some in our house for Easter, and I had to throw it away. Why? Because I'm the only one that will eat it, and I will eat a whole damn container oh my of God. it. For those who doesn't don't know, it's sour cream and chives and onion and crack. Because oh, it is seriously. phenomenal. Give me some ruffles and some top of the tater. All day long. Old home. Yeah. But I mean it's gotta be the wavy kind because otherwise, oh, yeah. otherwise it doesn't oh, hold up. God. It does, but, yeah. Oh, my kids. We, you, we in our house we joke that you know you got a problem when you got the white knuckles. Because you gotta go all <laughs> the way all the way to the bottom. But now I'm not saying I do this late at night, but if you cut off the top half, then you don't oh, get the white knuckles. I, just, you can... I scoop it out with a rubber scraper. Uh, oh, you no guys, you know right what? in there. You need help. I'm you just do, because I will lay on the floor going, oh my God, I can't believe I ate all that. Yeah. Five minutes later, but I think there's some left. Yeah. Five I minutes later, deeper. you're looking out of the bag. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so true. Maybe I should go see a therapist for that. Um, Heidi Evers, if you're listening, guess what our next session is. Oh, we, my parents are in town this weekend, and I guarantee here's what's going to happen tonight. We're going to go home. We're going to have Sloppy Joe's. The top potato is going to come out. Yep. And me and my dad and my brother and my six-year-old are all just going to sit around just quietly. Just oh. We're just going to destroy And then it. you know what's going to happen after that? Let's just say what's not going to happen after that. I'm you are not going to get laid. Ever. Yeah. You're not <laughs> ever going to get laid That's after that. you both that. have to eat it. <laughs> 
nothing. He said nothing about his wife doing it. You can bring the top potato along. Yeah. Who knows what can happen? <laughs> Don't judge, Fran. It's a versatile, versatile food. Oh, God. The visuals right now. I need to go take it. Uh, I don't even so know. I'm so glad we talked about it. Uh, and so thanks important. for coming to Shrink Wrap. Yeah, that's, and that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go to Kessler's and get some dab of the tater. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> okay, so, Becky, why would people, first of all, why would okay. anyone come and see us? But I mean, seriously. <laughs> <Really>? why, <laughs> why would people go to counseling? I don't, I don't keep it in my office. That I will tell you. And I wouldn't share it if I did. Oh. Um, so there are so many things. Like what wouldn't you go to therapy for? I think is an easier question. We see people with depression, anxiety, life stressors, um, schizophrenia, bipolar, borderline personality disorder, divorce, grief, um, stress, parenting. And that's just off the top of my head. Yes, co-parenting, transgender issues. I mean, for me, like like you said, if you ever get a client and that they're like, you know what, I just want to work on self-growth and meaning, developing yes. more meaning and purpose in my life. It's like, it's the shine yeah it's yeah. the shiny thing but the other thing that i think that keeps me in it oh god i'm gonna get emotional but seriously like when you see kids or younger people and then like 15 years later they contact you this is how you impacted my life or they oh. come back and they say you don't know what happened after i left but this is how you impacted my life and i'm gonna be real how often do we hear that not terribly often but if it's once every 10 years, it keeps you going forever. I, I swear to God, I have a box in my house. Like if mm -hmm. my house started on fire, mm -hmm. that box is things clients have made me or notes they've given right. me or words of appreciation. I might I, keep I that might stuff risk too. getting burned to yeah. go get that box. Yeah, that and the dog. Those would be the two that. things I'd go in for. <laughs> but Sorry, yeah. Jim. <clears throat> He, he's, he trained to, he's trained to ignore stuff like that. <laughs> former National Guardsman. <laughs> oh my but God. it is true. And I've honestly, I've seen an uptick too in couples who will come and say, honestly, we're doing pretty good, mm -hmm. but we probably could be better. So we just want to do like a check-in. And I'm like, yes, I love that. let's do that. I love that because like you think about farming, if farmers just planted a crop, they just planted it. And then walked away. And they never fertilized. They never sprayed for insects. They never checked the fields. They never checked the soil how great would their crop be and and then they walk away going what the hell happened there yeah because it would suck your right. crop would suck your well, crop would suck welcome to your relationship yep. if you just get married and you think that's gonna call it good I... no not gonna work so between the three of us mm -hmm. i'm gonna say we have what 30 60 75 years of marriage between the three of us 13 years in may okay we'll be 29 in june 30 Okay, so close to that. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say that you really do have to work at it almost every day? You really should. Yeah. Otherwise, you are dealing with other stuff that you don't want right. to deal with. And I say almost every day because we're all human. You know, mm -hmm. you have that day where you're just like, you know what, honey, I, I know I should nurture our relationship, but I'm going to go put on pajamas and watch New Girl. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it goes. But I, you don't get to just like assume it's going to take care of itself. Cruise control doesn't work in it relationships. It does not work. So what are the benefits? Like why, when people ask you, Fran, why would anybody come to counseling? What do you tell them? I like to say it's because we have a little bit of extra knowledge about things to help you deal with things in a realistic, practical kind of way. Yeah. Um, we can normalize things for you. We've, we have a lot of knowledge about resources that could help support you. Yeah. 
Um, I think too, it's preventative. You know, the more you learn now, the less problems you're going to have later, hopefully. Right. right. I tell my younger ones, you know, you're learning this shit now. Mm-hmm. And so when you're 45, you're going to have this nailed down and that's awesome. And if you're 45, it's better 45 than 85. Right. What would you say to someone who's like, look, there are people with real problems out there. I am maybe part of this like worried well or like my problems aren't so big. I I don't want to take up your guys's time, y'all ladies time with my little stuff because you have I mean, you're running Arkham Asylum, right? You have all these other like bigger, you know, schizophrenia and all this other stuff going on. What would you say to those people? I tell people all the time suffering's not comparative. So if it's big to you, it's big to me and we're going to figure it out. Period. Mm hmm. I can't tell you what's big. Right. Exactly. And just being open to giving it a try and what Mm -hmm. you gain from it. It's like, sometimes I think people say that because they're a little scared. They don't know what to expect. Right. And I do, I get that a lot. Like, oh my God, this session went a lot better than I thought it was going to. Mm -hmm. And I'm always, I never ask this, but I'm always curious what they thought that first session was going to be. Like brain surgery. (laughs) Lay down on the couch and I'm going to like saw your brain in half. (laughs) Tell me about your mother. <laughs> How old were you when you were potty trained? Um, <laughs> and really, a lot of times um, with that first session, it's a lot of um, what looks like from the outside, probably bullshitting. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm just laying down a foundation of trust and rapport and respect mm-hmm. and getting to know and letting them get to know me. Right. Um, when I used to supervise graduate interns, one year I had a couple of interns come to me and say, and this was at Northern, so um, practicum and internship, and then in nine months you're going to go out in the big bad world and you're going to be a therapist. And so we students, um, Northern students were our clientele, and um, one year they said, Becky, I don't understand why these students aren't just opening up in the first session. Like, don't they know I'm their therapist? And I remember I looked at him and I said, have you been to therapy? Well, no, but that shouldn't matter. I'm like, okay, mandatory three sessions. I don't care who you go see. I don't care who, what you talk about. Mm-hmm. I want a signed attendance release letting me know that you did three sessions mm-hmm. because you need to know how vulnerable it feels on mm-hmm. the other side of the office. Absolutely. Because it's scary. And hello, you're a total freaking stranger. Mm-hmm. And they're just supposed to say, well, you know, I was raped when I was seven. Like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that just doesn't. I mean, sometimes that happens, but not always. So no, you have to lay the foundation of trust down. And uh, so the first session is a lot of questions like, what about, you know, history, which may Mm -hmm. be boring to them. It's really, really important to us to help us kind of put the pieces together and help them figure out what do we really want to work on in therapy. Right. And um, that's what I do in the first session is I really try to help pinpoint, like, what are our goals? They can change. But where do you want me to start? Because ultimately, I'm here to serve you. Mm -hmm. This isn't about my agenda. But I think it is absolutely imperative. If you are a clinician, if you haven't had therapy, you need to get therapy because it really is parallel processing. Mm -hmm. If you are not having a good open relationship with your own therapist or had one, Mm -hmm. you're going to carry that over into with your own client. It's like a mere sort of effect. Mm -hmm. You've got to be vulnerable as a clinician Mm -hmm. to expect your clients to be vulnerable with you in therapy. I think that's a beautiful point. In social work school, they always, you compared it to the air mask and the airplane, right? You got to put on your own oxygen mask before you help other people. Exactly. Very much so. So yeah, that first session is a lot of questions. And even though, like you said, it might seem boring to them, I often think too, how many times has somebody asked you, I want to hear your life story, Mm -hmm. but really wanted to hear your life story. 
Right. You know, and as therapists, we really want to hear it. Whatever you want to tell us, we really want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And when you think about what therapy is, I mean, this makes me really sad, but how many times in your life right now, today, does somebody look in your eyes without any distractions for 55 consecutive minutes Mm -hmm. and really wants to know you, is it, is trying to give you empathy, trying to understand you? I mean, that's a luxury in today's society. No judgment. No judgment. And people are like, no, for real. I'm like, no, for real, no judgment. I don't, Mm -hmm. I've never walked in your shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to sit back and say, I don't know that that's, you know, so if you tell me, well, to relax, I make meth in my bathtub. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a talk about how maybe there's healthier ways to relax, (laughs) but I'm not going to be like, what are you, an idiot? We don't make meth in the bathtub. What are you, stupid? (laughs) Eat the chips. Eat Brody's chips. (laughs) You know, and so where do you get that non-judgmental? Right, never. I, yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah. Can, I, can I ask how, so I was in one therapy class in social work school, and then uh, I they said, this is what the class is going to be about. If anyone would like to leave, now would be the time. And I said, I'm just going to open on out of here. I'm like, this is not, <laughs> not for me. How do... How that is a lot of brain power. It's a lot of attention. How do you guys do it without feeling drained every day? Fran is the only therapist, really good friend I have. Most of my friends are not therapists um, because I don't want to be a therapist. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And the good friends, I have a very small group of really good friends and they don't look to me like a therapist. So that for me is one thing. Um, Kids. Mm -hmm. I I've said from day one, um, my oldest was two when I went back to grad school. I don't think I could have been a therapist without children. Mm hmm. Because you come home and, you know, your baby has shit up his back and the toddlers, you know, wants Cheerios and there's no time to be like, oh, I had a really rough day today. (laughs) You just go be mom. And so I think that was a big one for me. Um, I think it really, uh, it changed how I do my practice because I wasn't very good about doing that. I mean, I gave, I give 150%. Mm -hmm. So if I had really, really tough cases, like abuse cases, I was exhausted at the end of the day. And so over time I learned to change the type of clients I'm willing to accept I put in my time doing Mm -hmm. a lot of that kind of work. I'm ready to pass the torch. And so now when I see clients that are more just about anxiety or depression or co-parenting, it doesn't take as much of a mental toll. I'm not saying all of my issues are easy with clients, but it's a very different level of interaction. Yeah. And I'm going to get real, real for a second. I've often thought I'm kind of a shitty friend too, because I'm not, we're not going to text all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to call all the time. I'm not going to sit on the phone for a half hour Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. I'm peopled out. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and that doesn't, I love my friends. And I mean, if you said, Becky, I really need a kidney, I would go out tomorrow and get tested Mm -hmm. to see if we're a match. Um, But I really am not the one that that's going to be constantly like, oh, how's this problem? How's that problem? Right. And I am much better about like carving in my alone time. Like after my day, I seriously sit at the kitchen counter every single day. I eat a meal because I normally don't get a chance to eat lunch. And I just sit in my quiet. I don't answer the phone. I don't, there's not another human soul in my house. I need that. I absolutely need that. Yeah. I'll go up to my room Mm -hmm. again because we have lots of kids in our house right now. (laughs) And by lots, I mean two. (laughs) 
and they're older, so it's too too many sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, but yeah, you just need that time. In fact, the other day I was watching oh Border Patrol. It's my new obsession because mm-hmm. they smuggle stuff there too, and it's okay. fascinating. Yeah, and um, I was really stressed out. I had stress eye going. We talked about that during the anxiety episode. So it's stress twitching. eye. I'm like, I have stress eye because my eyes twitching. And Allie goes, maybe we should watch something more relaxing. I'm like, sadly enough, this is relaxing. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I'm digging this. Yeah, they had how much meth in that gas tank? That's crazy. Oh my God. What is it with hiding things in places and orifices that is like totally like, I don't know, what's your thing? Well, not orifices. That might be your thing. <laughs> A lot of it gets smuggled in Mexican candy. So next time you're having some Mexican candy, it could be some methamphetamine, Fran. I'm telling you, you're welcome. Okay, there you go. So yeah, so that's how that's how we do it. Okay. And you learn early on, you have to take care of yourself. Okay, here's another thing we do in therapy is that we have to give the limits of confidentiality the very first session. Yes, I do that with every single client. Mm -hmm. As you should, Mm -hmm. as you should. And they're different with adults than they are with minors. So Mm -hmm. what do you tell your adult clients? Um, Here's my spiel. I say to them, hey, I'm going to give you the same spiel I give everybody the first time we sit down. Everything Mm -hmm. that is said between us stays between us. The only times I can't promise you that is if I have reason to believe you're a danger to yourself or others, then I am required by law to report that. If I have reason to believe anybody under the age of 18 is being abused in any way, I am required by law to report that. And if anybody elderly or disabled is being abused in any way, I am required by law to report that. Okay, that's beautiful. I feel like it should be, you know, when you listen to those advertisements and they speed it up yeah. even faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so good. Okay, so basically, if you're under 18, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I feel they are being abused or sexually abused, physically abused, I have to report if they're self harming, if I feel they're suicidal ideation or they're a danger to themselves or others. Um, and as a mandatory reporter for a minor, I have to call social services or the police, whichever I feel is necessary. Now, I tell my kids, my older teens, if you're doing something that I just think is stupid, like mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you're going to be vaping and smoking weed, I can't report that to your parents, but I'm going to strongly yeah. encourage you to like stop and to have a discussion with your parents about it. Yeah. I would, when I saw kids back in the day, um, I always did that first session with the parents in there because I wanted everybody to know what confidentiality looked like. And I just would tell the parents, I'm going to ask a lot and that you trust me Mm -hmm. that if, you know, if it isn't these things and I think you need to know it as a therapist and as a mom, I'm going to tell you. Right. And if I don't tell you something, it's because I want to maintain the sanctity of the relationship with your child. Right. And typically, if it is a minor, we do have parents in the very first session. That's pretty right. typical Just protocol. So everybody's on the same page. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so there is a difference between seeing clients in person versus telehealth, pros and cons. And, you know, as a clinician, one of the things I do like about it is that if there's a safety concern, like if I feel concerned about my own safety, telehealth makes me feel better. Right. Not that that happens very often, but it is a consideration. But when it does, it's an oh shit moment. Yes, exactly. And you're like, oh my God, thinks I'm home. I'm at home in my pajama pants and safe, you know? Yeah, but when you're in your office, you can be like, if I scream loud enough, somebody will come running. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, I'm finding that clients are really open to telehealth. They really like the convenience of it. Um, I really like the fact that if I get a cancellation last minute and someone is waiting to get into therapy, they can contact them right away and they get in right away. You don't have to worry about, is it going to be a 15 minute drive, 20 minute drive? And then 
you don't have any really time for therapy after that. I agree completely. Yeah. Or if nobody fills that spot, I'm going to be really honest and my family's going to wave the bullshit flag, but I swear I do this sometimes. Yeah. You can go throw in a load of laundry. You can vacuum. Um, you can catch up on emails, which you could do at work too, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's just nice. It is. But I do miss some clients. Like I hug my like oh. before COVID, I hug many clients. I do miss that like human interaction. Yeah. It is very different. You don't see all of their body language that's going on, their yeah. feet tapping, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, what is the speaking of hugging, what does the American Psychological Association say about that? What's their rules? They say you can hug, but you can't have sex. Okay. I don't know what American psychological <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think there really is a hard and fast rule, and okay. that's a really interesting question, but yeah. obviously no sexual relationships. We were taught in grad school you shouldn't hug. And then when I got into the field, especially, you know, working at Northern, you had students that were away from their moms. Mm-hmm. And not that I was old enough at the time, right? Um, but some, sometimes they just needed a hug. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. You, I, I just used my gut. Because to okay. me, to deny it would have been, would have done more harm than good. Same kind of principle when a client gives you a gift of some sort. Yes. You're not supposed to accept a gift over a certain monetary value. So what are you supposed to say? Like, how much did you pay for that? Right. Or how much time did it take you to knit that sweater or whatever? Right. And it's like... It would be so hurtful to some clients to not accept something. Yeah. You know, if they're going to bake me brownies, I'm going to eat the freaking brownies. Yep. You know what I mean? Okay. So I have to tell you my funniest telehealth moment. Oh my gosh. My client gave me permission to tell this. She did. Okay. Okay. So she loves animals and she Mm -hmm. has several dogs. So we're doing telehealth and we're talking. We have a really good relationship. I've known her for many years. And she asked me, so you still whoring around? (laughs) And of course, you know me, I'm like, yeah, I have no idea why she asked me, but I'm just going to roll it then. And then dead silence. And she bursts out laughing like oh she can't God. even breathe laughing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What are you laughing at? And here her little tiny dog is just going to town, humping the big lab, like hump, 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 hump. She's like, I'm talking to my dog, not you. You're like, well, I don't know. I just, oh my God. So that, that was awesome. awesome. How many cat butts have you seen? Cat butts? Yeah. Okay, I don't really see the butt, but I've seen a shitload of tails. Yeah, it's like they walk around and then they walk away and then the client's always like, I'm sorry, you'd see my cat's butt. And I'm like, it's not the first one, it's not going to be the last. So true. So <laughs> But I true. am also enjoying telehealth. I'm enjoying the flexibility it gives. Um, and like you said, I'm also missing the human interaction, just sitting across from somebody and, and getting all of the body language and all of that too. And I, I don't know if you experience this, but I get pauses in almost every session mm. where it just glitches for maybe two seconds. And it's not the hugest deal, but it's kind of annoying. It really is. It can kind of throw the mojo of the session. Yeah. And I talked to our cable provider and we really have the highest internet service speed that you can have in our area. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just because we're a little remote. But again, versus not being able to provide that service and having to deal with a two second glitch, right. it really isn't the biggest deal. So yeah. So I have a question and I want to ask you this because I feel like you've come up against it. <laughs> 
Oh, says this from the three time everybody loves me counselor yeah, so of the universe. I have no idea what this is even like, but what if you don't, oh what if God. somebody doesn't like their therapist? Okay, I'm going to read to you. Oh, I don't even shoot. I'm not even looking I'm at dead. you right now, but I'm going to read to you what Lori Gottlieb says. She wrote the book Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Oh yeah. Quote, study after study shows the most important factor in the success of your treatment is your relationship with your therapist. Yeah. Your experience of feeling felt. This matters more than the therapist training, the kind of therapy they do, or what type of problem you have. Amen. Amen. And what I tell people is, you know, counselors are like shoes. I have my style. You have your preferred fit. Mm-hmm. And so if you like high heels and I'm a loafer, we're not going to click and neither one of us is wrong. And so I encourage people to be very upfront. Like if, if we're not working, then you tell me and you just say, Hey, Becky, this, this isn't what I was thinking therapy would be, or this isn't what I was looking for. This is what I am looking for. Mm-hmm. Cause I have six other colleagues right. who have different styles that I can refer to who I know are um, the best in the business. Mm-hmm. And, and we can, and again, um, is if, if, if I said there's no ego involved, I'd be lying a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm human. And I'm like, what could I have done differently? But then it's like, nope, this mm-hmm. just wasn't a relationship that worked. I have had people, um, two people in the course of 20 years, um, leave me mm-hmm. and go see another therapist because I was too blunt. Oh, and that's fair. Right. I am very blunt. Yes. And so I was like, yeah. Yeah, and that's why that's why I have it on my website. It's like if you like a direct person, I'm your person. So that's kind of a tip. Yeah. Um, but I say basically we work for you. We work for you. Yes. We serve you. And so if I am not giving you what you need, yep. um, I have no hard feelings. And honestly, no. it doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm just so thankful they can find someone that yes. really is able to provide that service for them. Yes. And I wouldn't say it hurts my feelings. I would say more I take a moment of self-reflection, like, mm. could I have done something differently? Right. Um, because I think the day we quit learning from ourselves, from our clients, from our experiences, we should probably retire. Absolutely. And sometimes, like I said, when somebody says, yeah, I had to, you know, I found a different therapist because you were too blunt. I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. fair. It is. Yeah. Yeah. What happens in terms of like, if you go to a therapist and they are not credentialed in the way that you think they should be, what should you do as a client? Should you look into that ahead of time? What do you do? Well, I'm a snob. So I'm going to tell you what I do. And I, and I'm so glad you brought this up actually, because I think client education is so important. Um, in the state of South Dakota and in a lot of states, in order to be private practice, you either have to have your master's degree in counseling and the highest level of licensure available in your state, or you have to be a board certified um, psychologist, correct? Right. Yeah. And so if you have somebody that does not have their master's degree, they really have no training in how therapy works. None. If you have somebody that is not licensed, there's really nobody, um, there's nobody they're beholden to, if you will. Like the South Dakota Board of Counselor Examiners keeps an eye on us mm-hmm. and we have to uphold a, a cert- certain level of ethics. We have to uphold certain standards or we lose our license and we can't practice. And if you have somebody that's that doesn't have that for whatever reason, you might be getting a different level of care. So I'm very particular and I think people should see if the therapist they're going to go see is licensed. And if not, are they in the process of getting licensed? Because it is a process. It mm-hmm. took me, I want to say seven years because mm-hmm. um, I did a little bit more slowly, but I think at the least it takes like two to four mm-hmm. as a, as a counselor. Right. 
I think credentials are important, but also what kind of therapy do you want? You know, like for example, do a little research on your own. Like if you have anxiety and depression and you really want somebody that does cognitive behavioral therapy, go on the websites and see who does that. How many years of experience do they have? This is how I think about it. Okay. If you wake up and you, you look at your partner and you're like, Hey, we have termites and your partner's like, I got a great idea. Let's watch a YouTube video. Then let's go to Home Depot. (laughs) Let's buy some pores, poison, and let's just fry those fuckers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Light them up on fire and let's get rid of them, right? Light them up. Yeah. Would you you not pause for a minute and be like, honey, should we call an exterminator? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So why wouldn't you do the same thing? Get an expert, somebody who knows how to deal with your issue and look at their credentials. Well, and also make sure, you know, do the, so if somebody is cognitive, does cognitive behavioral therapy, why is that such a good therapy? Like, why can't we, if I have anxiety, why? can't we do like what was that called in the 70s like kumbaya therapy no when oh. they, they'd wrap you in a rug and you would like simulate the <laughs> the birthing process and like people suffocated and died wow and, yeah no i'm this okay. was a thing okay um because all the birth from trauma or the trauma from birth and so you would holding therapy no, I don't know. Okay. Sounds, sounds like, like larva therapy, <laughs> larva therapy. But again, the reason a lot of us do CBT is because it has been studied and researched for years and proven to be one of the most effective therapies out there. Mm-hmm. This isn't somebody that just said, you know, it might sound kind of cool. Let's wrap them up in rugs and, right. you know, maybe suffocate them, maybe not. And if they come out, maybe their anxiety's gone. <laughs> They're not going to have a fear of tight places. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, just make sure that it's a, 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 and if you don't know if it's a valid therapy, just ask. Right. And again, look, you can ask when you're calling, like for example, if you want a direct therapist, ask for one. Mm -hmm. If you want someone that is uh, more touchy feely, say, what kind of therapist do you have? That's really nurturing and more on the quiet. You know what I mean? Because everybody is different. Ask for what you need. For sure. Yes. Now, what happens in terms of financing there? How do you pay for it? Well, there's a few different ways you can do that. Um, If you have insurance, first of all, you know, um, like when you call our office, um, our office staff, I just give them so much credit because you say, this is my insurance company and this is where I work. And Nine times out of 10, they can tell you off the top of their head. And if they can't, they will call and get information on that. And then they can tell you, this is what your copay is going to be. Um, this is what your benefits are. And they can walk you through what that might cost. Um, I'm a huge fan of employee assistance programs if mm-hmm. your employer provides that. And what that means is some companies, um, and they're usually a bit larger, but still ask your human resources, um, they will pay for X number of therapy sessions a year, a, a fiscal year, a calendar, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And those are just, they negotiate, the company negotiates with us. And then um, that's free of charge. And it's usually what, three, four to six, something like that. Right. And if you don't have insurance, you know, look into your local community mental health center. They have sliding scale fees. They get grants that those of us in private practice do not get. And so there may be some opportunities there. You know, some churches offer some counseling. Yeah. What else are you aware of? Well, for like Lutheran social services, Catholic family services, all can sometimes offer fee breaks. And it's important to note that, like, let's say if I want to go to Catholic family services, it doesn't matter if I'm Catholic or not. It does doesn't necessarily even matter if I'm religious or not. That's just who helps fund them. Um, most of these places will, uh, the same thing that you're going to find with us. And that is, are you direct? Are you nurturing? You know, how does that go? Mm-hmm. And, but they can help with the payment of it. Right. So 
I've, it's, I was thinking about like how counseling is portrayed in the media. Yeah. And so many times, you know, I'll watch it and I'll be like, okay, that is so dumb. That yeah. just doesn't happen. And then they sleep with their client or something ridiculous. Almost always. And you're like, what the hell? I know. There's one super hard and fast rule, and that is don't have sex with clients, Ah, period. I just can't even imagine. Actually, in the counseling world, I think you can after two years, but for most of us, we're like, why would you? Oh, That was a client. Like, there's a whole other dating pool. Just the ethical implications of that. Yeah. Yeah. Gives me me heebie-jeebies. The only one that really strikes me that was a really good, very, very good. And I'll, I'll mess up the name of that series. What is the one? Um, big little lie. Yeah. Big little lies, big little lies. When Nicole Kidman went to her and Nicole Kidman was lying by omission for a long time, which a lot of clients do. Yes. A lot of clients do not tell us the truth. They don't. They leave out stuff because they care about what we think. We don't judge. We don't judge. We don't care. I mean, we care about you. We're yeah, we don't judge. Tell making, us your shit. Are you making meth in the bathtub? We're going to talk about how that's not healthy, but right. I'm not going to judge you for it. Exactly. But I thought that clinician was right on. She knew what was going on. Yeah. She was direct. She was, um, it, it was a good example yeah. of what happens. You know, what's interesting though. I was reading um, a blog about um, the pros and cons of some of the therapists that have been portrayed in the media. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said about that one, because I agree with you, I thought she was fabulous, mm-hmm. is that she was too, I'm trying to think of what the word was, like too forceful. Right. And that could sometimes turn clients off, which again, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, sometimes it can, but she didn't sugarcoat it. Right. Um, I'm a fan of, and this is going to go in the way back machine. Okay. okay. Um, a doctor, I want to say it was Melfi in The Sopranos. Oh, and yes. that was like one of the first times that there was a fairly accurate representation of how a therapist really is. You yes. know, she it wasn't perfect, don't get me wrong, but she did a really good job of, you know, these are boundaries. Um, you know, like I remember the one scene where he like destroy he gets mad and just destroys a bunch of shit in her office. Mm-hmm. And she just sits there and she's like, that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead yeah. of like, get yeah. out of here. Right. Yeah. She was like, that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. That is not how we handle these things. Right. Yeah. So that was one that came to mind for me. Yeah. I think that, you know, psychology is becoming more of a thing. More and more people are interested in mental mm-hmm. health issues. So it'll be interesting to see in the future how they portray us. There's another show I absolutely love, and it's on ABC, I think. It's called A Million Little Things. Mm-hmm. And have you watched it? No. Okay. It's really great. And it it's there are so many mental health things. One of the main characters has depression and is contemplating suicide when his wife, I think she comes across a note or something and she's like, what's going on? Um, one of the characters, um, has severe OCD and anxiety. So like now I'm watching, I'm all caught up and now it's about COVID and how this poor guy is trying to handle COVID. (laughs) Um, but there's also a character on there who is a psychologist Mm -hmm. and it's interesting, um, to watch her. I, my, my judgment is out on her Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'm like, you're stepping over a little bit of a boundary, but then I'm like, is she really, but it's, it's a really good show, not only for her, Dr. Maggie, but also because of how they portray just a whole host of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check that out. That's a million little things. Now, don't you find that people, I don't know, my clients assume I have this perfect life, like I'm a, a priest or something. I don't know. <laughs> we have no conflict. Yes. No stress. Yeah. I yeah. mean, do you find that? I do. I really do. I'm pretty, especially, I don't think I've ever been this upfront with people as I have been during COVID. Yeah. Because people will be like, I shouldn't be complaining. You know, there's so many people that have it worse than me. 
And I'm like, listen, we're all struggling and suffering's not comparative. Mm-hmm. And we're all, you know, and I'll say like in January, I had the struggle bus and I was like, basically going to drive it off a cliff. <laughs> no control of the struggle of us anymore. And it's not about the lack of struggle. It's about what do we do with the struggle? But I think you're right. People are like, oh, your marriage must be perfect. I can't even say it without laughing. Yes. And again, it's like, okay, we don't, I'm just going to let the secret out of the bag. We do not have perfect lives. Mm -hmm. We are just well-trained in what we do. We compartmentalize or we try. Yes. But one of the things I love about the book with Lori Gottlieb, maybe you Mm -hmm. should talk to someone, is she gives an example where her long-term partner breaks up with her. She's devastated. She's trying to hold her shit together and still see clients. Oh, wow. So she's sitting across from her client who has terminal cancer. And the, the client is like, are you wearing your pajama top? <laughs> and so she looks down and she, it says, this is what the shirt says, namaste in bed. <laughs> my God, we've all all done that. We have all done that. I've showed up to work with two different shoes on one day. I've done two different earrings, two different (laughs) socks. Like we're all doing our best, man. And some days your best looks awesome. I was a little bit late for my eight o'clock session this morning because I curled my hair and I thought of you actually with your natural curl. Mm hmm. It was just, I don't know what I did. I didn't use any different product, but I literally looked like, I don't know, there were just curls everywhere and it was so out of control (laughs) and it was a new client. And I thought they're going to think I'm crazy Mm -hmm. if I don't get some of these curls. So I'm like flicking bobby pins in and and so I'm like five minutes late and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, it's okay. But yeah, life happens. Life happens and we're not perfect, but we are accessible, you know? And so we're just encouraging. That's why we're here. Caught, you know, get on to telehealth, get some help. And it's really not that scary. It really isn't. No. And if you're a therapist listening to this podcast, um, first of all, thank you. Um, there's nobody probably in, uh, aside from another therapist that can really understand what you do. And so Fran and I say thank you to Absolutely. the therapist listening to this. Um, one of the things we've started is colleague meetings for support. And I highly encourage you to um, look into that for yourself. Um, because I, as humans, we're not meant to just shoulder all the burdens of everybody all the time. And that isn't to say you get together and, and just trash talk your clients, but just say, Hey, I had a really hard case. You don't have to mention names. Um, and just get some support that way, or it's COVID and I'm struggling and get some support that way. Or I will, I'm going to throw this out there. Our, we had to say goodbye to our dog on Wednesday mm. and I got a text from most of my colleagues saying, mm. just know we're thinking about you. And absolutely. that was so nice. Yes, absolutely. We love you and we, we, our hearts are with you. But yeah. I mean, just having that support. So yes. don't be afraid to reach out for it. Absolutely. So we're the shrinks. And that's a wrap. <laughs>